1: The Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans. The holy grail of blue jeans. The pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one size fits one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com. BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest. A southern man should never ask a woman, weight, height, shoe size, to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order, and in just a few weeks, your custom made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now they're proud to offer their classic Indigo smooth denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit bluedelta.com today. BlueDelta.com and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions TOC for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com promo code TOC for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ready?
2: Ready.
0: Wow, this game is over.
2: The Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show.
0: It's more fun than it looks. With Ben Garrett and Bradley Sowles.
1: Welcome into the Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show. Ole Miss is 2 0, following a dominating win over Austin P 54 17, the second consecutive blowout to start 2021. Got a lot coming in this edition of the podcast. Brad's big thing, winner of the week, helmet stickers, going around the circle, around the SEC, and finally answering your questions in the mailbag. If you haven't already subscribed, review, talk of champions on iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Spirit, omenspirit.com, a affiliate of 247 Sports. Brad, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? How you feeling after that one?
3: You know what? I mean, fine. I actually went to that game for about three quarters. My kids got a little bit antsy, so we, we ended up getting out of there um you know what i find i mean very basic vanilla game um for us um i don't think we showed too much or did too much i think this was and here's one thing too that people got to take into account this is really tough to do man they played on monday night and then they had to come back and they really had one day of practice so probably not a whole lot of game planning went in this this was kind of one of those lineup, and and we're gonna we're gonna just run base up versus you stop us you know so all in all i mean Here's the question you asked after these games: Did anybody get hurt significantly? No. Okay. Next, on to the next one. You know, the, these are very, very tough games, especially on a short week. Um, and and I think we did what we had to do. We were a far superior team. Although hats off to Austin P. They um, they aren't bad on offense. They really aren't. They got some decent talent. Um, and, and they their scheme was like halfway okay versus what we were giving them. So um, I mean, it, it, I'm I'm encouraged. I mean, I still I still feel good. It's just one of those games that was tough. We got to get by it. It's on the schedule. Way better than them, and um, no significant injuries. Cool. I'm not gonna think about it again. They, they may not even watch much of that film.
1: Here's the deal. I understand if some Ole Miss fans out there come out of that game not as encouraged after beating Austin P. 54 to 17 than they did after beating Louisville 43 to 24. In games like this, is it fair to say that it's hard to really gauge much of anything because it's so lopsided? Now, if Ole Miss dropped down to FCS, that's what its offense would look like it would look like Austin P. And Austin P goes into the year, number 20 in FCS, got the offensive and defensive players of the year. Still, you're going to beat that team really bad. Penalties were bad again. Offensively, inefficiency, defense, gave up big plays. But is that an overreaction in a game like this?
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I think that um, these kids got home at probably 3 or 4 in the morning on Tuesday. Um, I, I don't want to keep making excuses for them. But it's just a tough week to prepare. I think if you look at it um, overall, the penalties penalties are the one thing that concerns me. I don't care about giving up the yards and and, and all that. I think that, that we did a good job not giving up points. Um, that they, they Austin Pete kind of did a good job of uh, of show, throwing it to the side of the field where where, where we were outnumbered, um, really, good by their staff. They knew they weren't going to run it really really good on us, which they ended up actually running it decent, but. You know, first and second down, they did a good job of trying to get to second and short, and um, by, by throwing a lot of. Scrim- I mean, they they ran three plays. They ran the inside zone the screen, and and a deep ball because um, we were giving them man coverage on the outside with not a lot of safety help over top, and they were either going to get the penalty, incomplete, or or catch it. So, yeah, just the only thing that really concerned me is the penalties.
1: The penalties were bad against Louisville. Ole Miss had 14 penalties for 125 yards, and then against Austin P, 12 for 130. Now, four of those were pass interference penalties, three of which were questionable at best. Two were absolutely not pass interference. I honestly don't know with this SEC crew if they quite understand what pass interference is. Acknowledging that and taking those four away, being generous and taking those four away, you still have eight penalties, eight, almost 100 yards of penalty yardage. So that has to be cleaned up. And then, secondly, Austin P goes for 404 total yards. Now, on the ground, it's 144, and that looks bad, but it's a 3.9 yards per carry average. So you got to contextualize that. The passing yardage is what's concerning to me 260 passing yards, but that's an offense that is Ole Miss light. If Ole Miss dropped down, as far as FCS, that's what it would look like. Austin P is certainly capable. Like I said, the preseason offensive and defensive players of the year in FCS. So it's not like this team isn't capable. Even still being an s e c team who considers itself potentially the second best team in the s e c west, you can't give up those big bus plays
3: yeah I'd push back on that a little bit i think I think that the the ones and twos kind of rotate in, in and out of there throughout the game um you're really pretty much looking at the threes down there at the end for for the most part um but yeah, I mean, you definitely want to give up those kind of runs to 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 uh, <laughs> Good Austin P., but you know, it, it is what it is, man. I think that, um, I think whenever it's when the, the game's on the line, it's a big game, we have a full week to prepare. Um, you know, we, I, and even on defense, man, we were very vanilla, played kind of soft and off today. Um, and, and what Austin P did a good job of is, hey, you know, w- the the way we were playing the edges with just like a, an actual, you know, Chance Campbell or just a stand up back or Otis Reese or something like that, yeah, they, they did a good job of running right at that. And, um, you know, it's hard to stop. Um, <laughs> Whenever you whenever you got small guys on the edges and and, and they're barreling down on you, I mean it's it, it is tough to stop. And their running back's pretty decent. So, um, hats off to their coaches, man, for for what they have. Austin P is, um, I mean they were they ran a nice hurry up offense. They they weren't, I mean they weren't terrible. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were in a solid team in their conference. Certainly not on our level. And, and you you want to dominate them, but hats off to them too, man. I mean they they got some decent players. Their running back is solid.
1: Let's make something clear here. Since 2007, 5 FCS teams have beaten ranked FBS opponents. The last coming to Montana's upset of then number 20 Washington last week. The most memorable of course was Appalachian State at Michigan in the Big House in 2007. Everybody remembers that game. That did not happen here. Almost dominated, still dominated, not playing necessarily its best game, 54 to 17. So let's not get carried away with negativity or being overly concerned, or nitpicking things that didn't go exactly right for Ole Miss in this game. Because at the end of the day, Ole Miss last season was third in FBS in plays per game at 79.7 per game, and tenth in yards per play. Tonight, 630 total yards. They ran 82 plays, (laughs) 7.7 yards per play. They're doing okay. Yes, there's some stuff to clean up, but this is game two on a short week. I think they practiced, fully practiced, twice this week. So maybe just slow it down if you're concerned after that game.
3: No, yeah, I don't judge. I don't judge off these kind of games, man. I mean, I've been in them before. I know how they're prepared for. It's a baseball kind of game. Hey, I'm going out there and just let my my good players win one on one matchups. I'm running a couple couple run plays, a few pass concepts that that I know matches up well with their defense. Um, And and I'm not I'm not going crazy. I mean, we, we ran zero screens. Um, we missed on uh, there was a cover zero blitz to um, that Drummond dropped on the end zone. Matt, Drummond probably could have had his eyes around a little quicker. Uh, Matt Crowell did a good job laying it out there, but I mean, there's 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 a couple of them that we missed on too. And we, yeah, I mean, this is one of those games we put up 630 yards of offense. You wouldn't like to give up that many yards on defense, but um, at the end of the day, it it is what it is. I, I think you can you can chalk that up to being potentially a little bit heavy legged. Um, yeah, you know, we didn't tackle very well. That they, they did a good job of really exposing the the weak side of the field. So, I mean, yeah, we got we we did what we needed to do, man. We whoop their ass and um and we move on. You don't even think you're going to think about Austin P in, in 4 or 5 weeks.
1: Dontario Drummond, 6 catches for 107 yards, two touchdowns, that's seven straight games with a touchdown, four straight 100-yard receiving games. I think I got that correct. Should have had three touchdowns, like you mentioned. Yeah. Maybe turn his eyes around, head around quicker, but also high point the ball better and then it doesn't get knocked out. But again, this is Austin P and those kind of things can be cleaned up.
3: Yeah, watching our receivers live, this was this was the first time seeing them out like a game, you know, live. And you know, we have three solid receivers. You know, Drummond, Mingo, and, and Sanders are all looked apart. They're SEC caliber receivers that can run. And man, Drummond has really improved. Whenever he caught that that one ball in fourth and two, I think he's got some wheels. Man, Drummond's a good player. He's a very good football player. Just kind of seeing him live, I think Mingo's one of those guys that that can get hot and go off. It was nice to see him have some success. Um, and, but yeah, we got, we got some good with those three, you know, you you look, you look at what's behind my start. I was kind of really watching during the game. Um, you know, some of the young guys on the sideline, man, we're really getting to where we're building some, some depth. There's some good dudes that aren't getting out there. We talked about a Dennis Jackson, all, all fall camp and, and all, all spring who did really well. He's not even seeing the field. John rice. He's hardly out there. Um, you know, especially, especially when the ones are out there, there's some good players sitting on the bench, kind of waiting to get in. And you look at some of the young guys. Um, Brown looked good in person. I mean, some of those young receivers look really good, and they're not even sniffing the field. I think it's it's a hats off to the kind of depth we're starting to build here at Ole Miss.
1: Matt Corral was 21 for 33, 281, five touchdowns, no interceptions. But you bring up that one particular touchdown to Ontario Drummond on fourth down, that's a broken play. And in a game like this, you can pick that apart.
2: On fourth down. Keeps it, dumps it off to Drummond. Gets a block and works his way up the sideline. Big play for Ontario Drummond, tightrope, touchdown. 49 yards. He got one block and then did the rest on his own.
1: Matt Corral had pressure in his face. He had to avoid a defender and then get the ball off. He did so, but against an SEC opponent, that's going to be a sack and a turnover on downs. Against Austin P. It's Dontario Drummond being the talent that he is, catching the ball, and then he turns it upfield, and he goes for a touchdown, makes it 28 to nothing. Offensive line play, you knew there was going to be a little bit of a struggle because Ole Miss without Orlando Umana, who's out with injury. So Bryce Ramsey stepping in for him because Orlando Umana's got an upper body injury. Then you got no Jake Springer on the back end. Keydron Smith steps in, and he played well. But Jake Springer's starting for a reason. Also, Casey Kelly was active and dressed. He didn't play, but he was active, and that's an encouraging sign. Point being, a play like that, that's where you can understand some, okay, in an SEC game, you have to clean that up. That's not going to be a touchdown. Against Austin P. it is. Against Alabama, Texas A&M. You pick your team.
3: Yeah, missing the center is always tough. I thought Ramsey did a, did a decent job coming in there, and you know, no bad snaps is, is really the key there, but – um, yeah, I mean, it, it lose anytime you lose the center, you what you you ideally that's the, that that the left tackle or the two you 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 can kind of um, you really don't want to lose to be honest with you. So I thought they did okay. I mean, they're they're definitely I mean Austin Peay's D line was very small. They weren't weren't anything special. That they, they, they ran the ball you know with 300 something yards, 7.8 to carry. So I think they were they were fine tonight. Um, but yeah, just it's one of those things where um, you, you certainly don't want to be missing your center.
1: It's time now for Brad's Big Thing. Before we jump to it, let's hear from Lane Kiffin following Ole Miss's 54-17 win over Austin Peay on Saturday.
4: All right, so, you know, we're 2-0, and and that's the best that you can be after two games. So, you know, I got to re- just remind myself, too, going to the locker room, you know, this was a challenging week with two less days, and, you know, we only had one day of practice. So, I think to come out and play pretty well in the first half, you know, was a good job by the players of getting that done got sloppy in the second half, and, you know, unfortunately, these games tend to do that. When they're lopsided, it's kind of hard to get them to come out and play the same way in the second half, but we did get to play a lot of players, so excited about that because we didn't in the first game, so it's good to get those guys on film and get them involved, and um thought we gave up too many yards on defense, <clears throat> and we weren't very good on third down, again, second week in a row on offense. We go for it, luckily, on fourth down. That saves us, but we got to improve on third downs. So, got work to do, sounds like. Um, Tulane played really well, I guess, in the first half. Keith gave me an update before. I was going out, I was all excited for, you know, the walk. And he's like, oh, by the way, Tulane scored like 50 points in the first half. So, um I said, okay, we're just trying to win this one. But the walk was cool. It was really the energy was amazing that early. Um, you know, to be out there. So I know our players and staff appreciated that and felt the support. And so we got to keep playing better so we can fill the stadium. Right, Ray
5: Grant, you have a question. Lane, what do you learn, or what can you learn about your football team in a lopsided game like this? When you when you put the film on tomorrow and look at
4: it. I do enjoy the part of seeing backups play you know, because those guys work really hard. But also, most of those guys think they should be playing, so they get to show it. And sometimes they show where they should be and sometimes they don't, but at least then they see it. So, it's really it's exciting. I think that we, you know, over years pulled our starters earlier than most people because of that. We didn't in the opener because I wasn't there. Um, so, we played our guys a little too long, especially on offense. But it's good to see those guys get in. You know, I hate that we, Snoop had the one fumble. You know, we would have had two games in a row with no turnovers, not even putting the ball on the ground. And which you're going to win a lot of games if we can move the ball like we do and don't turn it over. But I didn't have that same feeling today of the defense, you know, just really knocking them out and being super physical. And I'm, I'm not going to buy into that. Well, you had a short week and that's why we still can be, be more physical, but we're going to have to this week. And the concern is outside, you know, the deep balls and the the pass interferences on the corners.
2: Lane, you talked a lot in the fall about wanting to see Sam get a little more consistent off the edge. He had a couple of big plays today. What are you seeing from him? Are you starting to see that consistency was today a good sign?
4: We've seen that from Sam all camp. He came back um, from the summer, just a different player. You know, we struggle every day with him, you know, blocking him in practice, you know, with our ones on both sides. So, I was just hoping that would carry over into the game. And I think what we're doing, we don't do as many things defensively, I think is helping him. And, you know, like I've said, in the system we play, if your two ends aren't very good rushers, it's not a very good system. You only got three guys rushing and they double the nose every time. So, luckily, we got, you know, Sam and Cedric out there that give people problems. a couple of big um, fourth down conversions
3: at the end of the first half. I think you guys were four of six overall. Was was that a point of emphasis to keep being aggressive um, even? I think you guys were at 23 uh when you converted that first one
2: uh, at, at, at the end of the half.
4: Yeah, I kind of went above the book a little bit um, on some, and that was just thoughts in before when we talked about it, saying, okay, we feel like our matchup's really good on offense. Our quarterback's hot. The three receivers are hot. So we may have some fourth and mediums that say, punt or kick, and we're going to go for them because um, we like our percentages. And really should have thrown a touchdown to Drummond on the one versus cover zero and waste a good play that would beat cover zero. And, you know, he's too casual with the ball, so that was kind of disappointing.
5: Lane, you mentioned you got the opportunity to play a lot of guys tonight. Fourth quarter, we saw Luke and John Rice Plumley take some snaps at quarterback. How important is it for you to be able to see those guys in game action particularly Luke, which was his... Well, I guess his second game action, but first substantial action.
4: Well, we made a big thing about the fans staying for the fourth quarter. So Plumley had not practiced at quarterback all week because he was trying to get receiver down. And So I figured fans will stay longer if Plumley has the ball. So that's why you saw us basically give him the ball at receiver and then move him to quarterback. So Levy's like, you know we haven't practiced these plays. I'm like, he'll be fine. Got to keep the crowd around. So it was cool to see him have success.
5: Um, you know, just a follow up, uh, Orlando Mana did not play tonight. Jake Springer did not play tonight. you expect to beat those guys to hopefully be back next weekend?
4: We do. Um, two very critical players. Um, obviously, they're really the centerpieces of our systems, the center and where he plays in our defense. And you saw how many hits he had in the opener. So we need those guys back. You talked
1: about cleaning up some of the PIs on defense. Did you see something kind of consistent with those, or were they just
2: kind of they were PIs?
4: No, I felt like there were some early that definitely were. There were some that were questionable. Um, but we're turning and we're arm barring the guy, you know, before we get our head around him and block him off. So it's like the targeting. We can sit and complain all we want. You know, like our coaches they are complaining that it's a penalty. So it doesn't matter what you say. They're not going to pick it up. So we got to coach it better couple days, Dontario said he was uh, even a little bit surprised with kind of
3: the volume uh, that he saw in the first game. He had another big game today. Um, you know, you, you brought up that could have been a little bit bigger. Um, are, are, are you surprised at all with, with how he started
4: off this season? No, he's had a really good camp. He's worked really hard. I probably didn't know the numbers would be like that, and he really had two more touchdowns today. He dropped one, and then Hudson didn't crack the right guy, um, or he would have had another one. But <clears throat> He's done a great job, and you just never know. The system, when you're going fast, you don't know how they're going to play. You know, we can't tell you who's going to catch all the balls. And I think in the opener especially um, in this game, they stayed deep for the most part on the outside. I mean, I'm sure they read reports of, you know, Braylon running by everybody every scrimmage we have. So, um, plus when we open the practice to you guys, you guys report how great Braylon is, and so now they cover him. So, Braylon, thanks you guys.
2: Hey, Lane, uh, all the way up here. How's it going? Great. Uh, um, when you mentioned earlier about um, replacing a guy like Elijah Moore, you said it was going to be a type of thing like, you know, receivers by committee, and you kind of alluded to it there. But is this kind of what you envision in terms of efforts from guys like Jonathan and Dontario, both those guys had big nights tonight. Is that kind of what you envision, like uh, guys like that kind of taking over those reigns?
4: Yeah, I mean, I would have probably guessed Braylon's numbers would be the best of the three just based off of scrimmages, but um, it is what it is. I think it's cool, you know, down there, you know, we get one for Braylon late. He didn't ask for it, but I just felt like, all right, let's get him a touchdown, you know, on the crossing route, just because the guy hasn't really touched the ball very much and even brought him in motion and gave him the ball, you know, just because the guy works really hard. But, you know, the targets aren't on purpose the way they are, But Mingo and Drummond Gordon's had 21 targets today, and they only played, what, two and a half quarters or something. I guess as a follow-up to that, um, obviously Mingo had a big game. Can you say anything specifically about what, you, what you've what you seen from him these, these first two weeks? Yeah, I mean, not to sound not excited, but, you know, he's got the deep post that is close to a catch. I mean, Knox FaceTimed me at halftime and said he's watching on TV, and it was definitely a catch. So. I said, told him I'd tell the officials for him. But, um, that would have been big play. Obviously changed his stats. But he, he's played great. You know, you look even in the first game, the few catches, how physical he looked. Um, actually, Knox said today when we were talking before the game, he's like, he, he kind of looks like a, you know, DK Metcalf's brother. So that's a pretty big compliment, um, how physical he looks out there.
5: Lane, you, you spent a scholarship in your 21 class on a high school kicker, and um, that's not something people do every single year. Uh, Costa has proven to be automatic thus far this year. How big is it in terms of you coaching a game that you've got the confidence that that you know you've got a leg that you can depend on?
4: Yeah, it's great. I mean, the guy did well in camp, but he actually kicks better in the games than he has even in camp, which is You know, kickers are like players. There's ones that are gamers, you know, that just show up. So it's awesome to see, especially as you said, when you invest a scholarship, which we don't do. If you're doing it right, you're only doing it every four to five years because the guy's really good and kicks. So it looks like we hit a good one, which I've never understood the thing. Don't use a scholarship on it. But then at the end of the game, everybody's waiting for the guy to kick the game, kick the ball to win or lose the game. But was he worth the scholarship? So.
0: Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. BXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network.
2: three. two, on three. One, two, three. Let's go. Brad's big thing.
1: What is your one big thing following Ole Miss's win over Austin Peay to move to two and zero on the year?
3: Well, I think if you if you look at if you look at the um you know I, I think I I don't want to be negative here, but I think that the um for two weeks in a row my 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 big takeaway is the penalties, man. I mean, um you know there's a lot of positives on this team. The offense looked um you know, the offense put up big numbers with, with basically in their sleep out there. Um, defense struggle a little bit, but, but my big thing is the, the penalties, man. I think that, um, I think right now we're getting away with it because we've beaten teams that were better than, but, um, you know, w- when we go down the road and face a good opponent, we're going to have to clean some of this up, man. Some of this, I mean, some of these, those, um, pass interferences were eh, here nor there, but there were some, there were some holdings in there. There was a couple, um, couple other penalties that, that weren't ideal. Um, you know, they, they, even, even when they are throwing those deep balls, you know, the, the it was un- – I mean, they they're highly overthrown. The DB's got to know not to – you know, don't need to wrestle with them, you know, like that. So um, especially especially after five yards, you're not supposed to have any contact. And in the NFL, it would certainly be called. But, yeah, my big thing is I think we need to clean up these penalties. Um, you yeah, know, re- really need to evaluate, start, start playing with a lot. Little- Usually penalties come with, um, with poor technique. I mean, that, that, that's always been the name of the game. Um, I just think moving forward, um, you know, that needs to be a point of emphasis. Hey, it's it's a lot easier to correct things um, after a win, after you're winning big than than losing. But I think I think the point of emphasis going forward, that, let's clean up these penalties. Let's get some. Um, let's work our technique um, and, and let's let's try to clean this up. So we get in those big games versus Alabama, Auburn, and some of the big dogs. That's gonna um, those penalties are gonna absolutely you can't you can't get 100 something yards worth of penalties.
1: Ole Miss has outscored his opponents through two games in the first half, 63 to nothing. Sixty-three to nothing. That's encouraging. Ole Miss went for it thirty-three times on fourth down last year. Tonight, four of six. Dumps
2: it. Gets it to Braylon Sanders into the end zone. Another first-half touchdown pass. This time from eleven yards out, and Ole Miss leads thirty-six, nothing.
1: Are you as worried about the lack of efficiency offensively, or the penalties and unforced errors? not going to have the luxury of giant windows and running away from defenders, like you saw with Drummond on that broken play on fourth down, anything else outside of penalties that really stuck out to you? Because I think one thing that stuck out to me was the offensive line was a little bit leaky. But then again, I got to add the caveat that they didn't have Orlando Umana, but it shouldn't look like that. Like it did often against a team like Austin P in a smaller front.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So so here's Austin P teams like that. So when you play an Austin P or smaller, smaller school or just, or just any school, that's kind of unorthodox. Um, you're gonna see some crazy blitzes, some crazy looks, um, which is what they were doing. I mean, they were they were stunned. They were bringing a ton of people. They were taking their shots, which they were willing to give up the long touchdown for it too. So, um, not not too concerned there. I think whenever um, you know, I, I think whenever the bullets start flying, I think there's gonna be a lot more that goes into this offense. Man, when they were blitzing like that, there's so many different screens and stuff that we could have did that that we just didn't do. And I know that we have a really good screen game because I saw it last year. Really haven't seen it to point. I just think. I think what we've seen so far, Louisville. You saw a little bit of created, creative offense. I think it's going to get. I think they're really going to start opening it up going forward. Probably after this two-lane game. I think they, two-lane will be more of the same. A lot of base football getting back. But when we play those good things, you're going to see a lot of different stuff. Um, you know, offensively. So I'm not not overly concerned yet. I mean, because listen, we're producing. I mean, we, we can say we're efficient, but some of these numbers are still are still really really good. You know, I'd be more concerned if we were inefficient and then going three and out not really putting up points you look at you look at teams all around the league man they're struggling in games like this i mean lsu is going to close game with a, with a mcneese or whatever i mean it's just I, we're fine we're going to be fine it's first couple games um i think this is all stuff we can clean up we can't be perfect it's just not going to happen um, but but it sure is nice to put up all these yards um, while while still feeling like we can, we could get a little better on offense. Um, I think another another big thing um, that that I think is really encouraging for Ole Miss and it, which is really cool is the kicker. I know I know I don't want to harp on the kicker, but man, this kid is really good. I think I think we have a a legit kicker at Ole Miss, and I think down the road it's going to pay dividends. Right now right now we're crushing these teams, but um, being able to put up three points versus the really good teams and, and the, you couldn't need them um i mean this kid's confident he's he's a legit kicker i watched him closely tonight
1: the fact that he's showing such confidence and stepping into his kicks you're not seeing any of the blown extra points or anything like that there's something to be said about that four pass interference calls like i mentioned maybe one generously was the right call all good coverage defenders looking back at the ball maybe except for the dean leonard pass interference this was an sec crew too so does that concern you in any way
3: um, no, not not really, because I think if you look at it, I mean, even watching Lang kind of communicate with the players, some of these penalties—they are they're penalties—and and it's just not very smart football. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It, it, penalties always come with bad technique. I mean, that just it is what it is. That, that's how you get penalties. It's if it's a holding bad technique. If it's a if you are knocking guys over for the ball gets there so unnecessarily. But Ole Miss had good blood.
1: technique on those PIs.
2: Uh, Draylon Ellis, Ellis with time. He wants it all deep down the sideline, and it's batted away. Miles Battle got a hand on it, and a flag comes in late.
3: You cannot have that kind of contact down the field. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a couple of a couple of them were, could have been either way, but you know, the 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 one that um, the 24 had. I mean, that was that was can't do that. And they, there's just no reason they had any kind of contact when you have that covered up. Just turn around and grab the ball. Um, you know, it's, it, it you, you shouldn't, it, there's no, there's no reason to be all over him like that when it, when it's thrown, in my opinion. Um, I, I know, I know they're much stricter at the next level on that. So I, I just, I look at it from that view. I just think there's way too much contact, especially when, when having them gloved like that.
1: Miles battle knocked the ball down. That was not pass interference. He was barely even fighting with the cornerback and yet. The ref threw it with such authority, like it absolutely happened when it didn't. I think the most concerning thing there is that it was an SEC crew. Okay, time to give away some helmet stickers.
6: We're going three.
4: One, two, three. Let's
6: go. Helmet stickers.
1: I've got three helmet stickers to hand out. Brad's got three helmet stickers to hand out. Starting with you, your first helmet sticker goes to who?
3: First helmet sticker, I'm going to give one to Mingo tonight. I think that it was cool to see him get involved, you know, some downfield plays, came back, made a few catches. It, it was cool to see Mingo get going. Um, I, I think that he's going to be a big part of the offense um, going forward. And, and to have a guy like that, um, you know, make plays on top of Whit Drummond, he gets my first one.
1: He has to. Seven catches for 99 yards, two touchdowns. And one of those touchdowns was an impressive one where he got wide open. It was a skinny post that made it 21 to nothing stack inside the trail defender, 15 yards, wide open. When you watch that play, what's the design? How did he get that open in the back of the end zone?
3: Well, I just think that, that, you know, that, that they cleared him out underneath and um, you know, he just, that they essentially gave him, gave man coverage that there was, there was a route on the right side that brought the safety down. And um, you know, he was running, he was just running at just a clear post. And once he saw, I guess once Corral saw that safety kind of bite on something that was underneath, um, he knew he knew mingo should have been you know he should have been one-on-one over the middle which um i think i think that was a catch i really do um but yeah it's, it, it, was, it was it was a good play design i have to look at it a little closer but they, they certainly made the safety bite on something else and it was a um, clear one-on-one on the left side
2: and after out toward the end zone he's got a man that's mingo on the receiving end touchdown second touchdown pass on the game this time a 15 yard strike
1: At that point, Jonathan Mingo had four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. Dontario Drummond also had four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. My first helmet sticker goes out to Dontario Drummond. Six catches, 107, two touchdowns through two games. Everyone talked in the preseason about replacing Elijah Moore so far. Yes, they've got numbers, they've got bodies, they've got depth, and Jonathan Mingo had a great night. But Dontario Drummond has been the clear number one wide receiver, including that touchdown on fourth down, but it wasn't the only one for him.
2: Henry Parrish had a big game last year against LSU. A couple of touchdowns. Matt Corral on the run. The throw complete. A touchdown. They just keep hooking up. That's Dontario Drummond, his seventh consecutive game with a touchdown catch, and all this strikes first.
3: Yeah, Dontario um – you know, like, like I said, I really got to see him live and in action. Man, he's a really good football player. He's um, he runs well. Ha- had a big night. He's a big part of this offense. He's he certainly that they're definitely scheming to get him the ball. Um, he, he's clearly the number one receiver in on this offense and is going to have a monster year. Um, can't say enough about about how how well he runs his routes. He's a good route runner too. Man, he runs smart routes. Can stick his foot in the ground and he has deceptive speed. So. Um, great hands, great hands too. So he's a, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely been impressive. He's a, he's the go-to guy. He, he's our, he's our Elijah Moore this year.
1: He had the best performance of any wide receiver in college football, according to pro football focus in week one with 177 yards should have had three touchdowns, but then had the drop in the back of the end zone when he didn't secure the ball and he gets knocked out of his hands in the end zone. As he's standing there, he had a kind of a smirk cause he knew he should have had that one. My second helmet sticker goes to miles battle. Dean Leonard gets pulled after the first pass interference call. Miles battle comes in finishes tied for second on the team with five total tackles. He had three solos, including a pass breakup. We've been talking up miles battle and his transition from wide receiver to cornerback for a long time now. And for the first time in two games, we really got to see him in extended action. I thought he looked good.
3: Yeah. I thought he looked really solid, man. He's long too, man. Those tall corners are, are, are fun to watch. I like, I like watching Finley play as well because they are kind of tall and lanky. Um, Man, it, he can he can kind of keep up with the guy, and whenever that ball's in the air, it's really cool to see him when he goes up and hits it out of the air. Or, you know, it's just cool to see a tall corner like that. Um, yeah, I thought he played well. Um, it certainly was odd that we didn't see him week one. Any, I don't know if there was something up with that. I don't know if he suspended, what the deal was. But um, yeah, I don't think like we saw him much versus Louisville, with at all. Um, but yeah, he was in there pretty quickly this week and um, it looked looked solid. I think he, you know, going forward, he's certainly gonna gonna have some kind of role on this defense.
1: So two helmet stickers handed out for me, one for you. Your second one goes to who?
3: Yeah, my second one I'm gonna give to Sam Williams. I think that he was um yeah, he made some big plays. He had a um a strict strip sack for a touchdown. Um got to see him, you know, get, getting to watch these guys live in game action is really cool. Sam, Sam looks the part, man. He really does. He's he's a big, tall, link, linky guy, not really tall, tall, kind of thicker with with a little, little bit of leanness to him and And whenever he turns it on, man, he can really bend that edge. Well, he he was pretty close to having a couple other sacks, but I think all in all, he had a really, really good game on the edge. And and when anytime you're playing the kind of defense we're playing, um, where you're you're essentially rushing three down most of the time, it is tough to to win a one on one um, because you usually have a chipper or a guard kind of follow and tell and and kind of you know spying you as well. So. Yeah, he did, he did a good job um, versus this versus guy and made a really big sack fumble whenever it was kind of one of those games where it was like, hey, we're kind of off to a you know, kind of a slow start, um, kind of in a little lull, and he makes a sack fumble, then then picks it up, runs it for a touchdown. Um, big play, big play at that point in the game, and um, I think he had a solid game. He certainly deserves a helmet sticker.
2: They are one of two on fourth down. they get third and 11. Ellis flushed. He's hit from behind. He's going to fumble. Scooped up by Ole Miss. Sam Williams takes it into the end zone, a defensive touchdown, and the Rebels lead it 13-0. Williams had both the strip and the scoop, and then he got the score.
1: Absolutely does. Ole Miss started with a touchdown on his first drive, marched down the field, 10 plays, 80 yards, easy. Second when they punted. Third one turned it over on downs. It was seven to nothing, and his touchdown made it 14 to nothing. So it was an important time in the game because, yes, almost was always going to win this game, but it wasn't off to a particularly fast start. He finishes tied for second with Miles Battle, Tylen Knight, Keydron Smith, A.J. Finley, Ty Washington, Jalen Jones. Five total tackles, two solos, two sacks, two tackles for loss and two forced fumbles. An absolute wrecking ball performance from Sam Williams. I was going to give him a helmet sticker if you didn't, but he's obviously, in my opinion, the winner of the week, which we'll get to in just a second. But for Sam Williams, we've been waiting for a performance like this for quite some time, especially after last year when he didn't get his full preseason and then doesn't have the dominant next-level performance over the course of the year that we expected that would lead to him getting drafted. This was more like what we expected to see out of Sam Williams last year. This is the Sam Williams we're used to seeing, or we were used to seeing.
3: Yeah, he looks, he looks good, man. He, he looks, he, he certainly looks like he, he worked hard this off season. Um, very good athlete. Um, he'll certainly have a chance at the next level, but, um, you know, going forward, we're really going to need that, um, need, need, him to be the guy. And, and one thing I love about him is how, how quickly he can chase down the quarterback and how he can bend that edge. Um, he's, he's certainly looking like the guy we thought he'd be last year. And, um, it's, it's going to help going forward. We're going to need a guy like that off the edge.
1: We could so easily give a helmet sticker to Matt Crow every single week, and maybe you do, but for my last helmet sticker, I'm giving it to Henry Parrish. Henry Parrish finished with three catches for 18 yards, eight carries, Seventy-two yards, the most on the team, along of 17 and averaged nine per carry. Henry Parrish wasn't particularly impressive against Louisville. It was the Snoop Connor show in the second half when they were trying to run the clock and they did the same thing against Austin P. It starts with Jerion Ely, a dual threat as far as running and receiving. But Henry Parrish was really effective tonight. And something I thought that was really impressive for me was the way he was finishing runs. It wasn't just a one cut, get hit, and I'm going down. He was welcoming contact and getting extra yards after contact, which is something we just haven't seen from him on a consistent basis week in and week out.
3: Yeah, he um yeah, he had a solid game. He he really hit it well. He had some 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 good runs on the um on the inside zone. And there was a few misdirection counters in there too that I thought was really cool. It was kind of a change up in the run scheme um where it looked like the play was going to the right and they stick their foot in the ground and kind of go off the backside. Um yeah solid um yeah solid performance by him the leading rusher this week. Um I was gonna give him a helmet sticker as well but um, that is, yeah, it's nice to see. I mean, our running backs are just solid, man. I mean, you got a bullet kid that that also looks good that can't can't sniff the field because you got three really good players in front of them that that all can do do special things themselves.
1: All right, last helmet sticker for you. Does it go to Matt Corral or is there somebody else?
3: Matt Crowell gets a he gets a, a guaranteed helmet sticker every week, but I'm gonna. It's an Austin P week. This maybe the only time we ever do this unless he makes a game winner. I'm gonna give one to Caden Costa. So I mean, being an Ole Miss fan, we've known what what the field goal kicker situation has been like. Over the last some odd years, it's just been um, not been ideal. So, hey, man, how about this? Our freshman's leading the nation a perfect 100% on the kicks on his kicks for the year. He made seven extra points tonight He made a field goal tonight, uh, made, his, made his field goals last game. He's perfect on the season, tied for the lead in the nation. An Ole Miss kicker, who would have ever thought? That's such
1: a big thing. Remember, there was a big issue made when Ole Miss cut a local kid who was committed at kicker and then went and got Caden Costa. He was the hand picked kicker for this class. And you usually don't see a team scholarship a kicker. And Ole Miss did with Caden Costa because he was Lane Kiffin's guy and he's lived up to it through two games. He's been as impressive as a kicker can be. A true freshman. He's been absolute nails for Ole Miss. That's a great pick. We got so used to Ole Miss going for it because that is Lane Kiffin's philosophy. That's what the book tells you to do in certain situations. But also there was no trust at all with Luke Logan. And Caden Costa, already through two games, has more trust than Luke Logan had over the course of what, the last two years? Caden Coast has been that big for Ole Miss through two games because you just didn't see that kind of consistency and you didn't see that kind of trust in the kicking game from Lane Kiffin that you're now seeing with a true freshman who was handpicked by him in that last class in scholarshipping him.
3: Yeah, he's, um, he, it's certainly nice to have a guy like this. And, you know, obviously there's going to be times where he does miss one, but I mean, for the most part, the kid, he hits it, he hits it well. It looks the way it's supposed to look. Um, you know, coming off the foot, he's a, um, big time player, man. I'm glad we got him. And that, man, the kicker situation, I mean, you couldn't, couldn't have been, um, uh, more shaky for Ole Miss for the last couple of years. And traditionally Ole Miss has had good kickers in the past. I mean, Ole Miss has never been a school that, that, that's, that really had a bad streak of kicking and we had one there for a little while, but nice to have him back. I'm telling you, man, you, you got to appreciate it. Cause there's going to be, there's going to come a time versus a really good team where, where he knocks one right through there. And, um, and, you know, you're, you're really going to be happy that you have that, that luxury
2: now we' going three one two three let's go who won the week
3: now it's time to see who won the week brad who won the week for you i'm gonna say you know i'm gonna say the wide receivers man i'm gonna go with i, I just think that they um you know i was just really impressed watching them throughout the game i was really trying to watch the routes um watch how smooth they were um i, I mean i just think those guys are just producing at a, at a, at a really good clip that, that you can tell they all, um, you know, they're they're all in tune. You know, Sanders has his role, uh, Mingo has his, Drummond has his. Man, there's just th- that trio of receivers to me is, um, you know, they're 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 really going to develop into something special. Um, and, and I just think that, I mean, I, I just think they they just stuck out to me as guys that just produced at a high clip. I think I think they won the week.
1: HelloFresh is on a mission to change the way people eat forever. From their 2011 founding in Europe's vibrant tech hub Berlin, they've become the world's leading meal kit company, providing 601 million meals to 7.28 million households worldwide in 14 countries across three continents in 2020. HelloFresh supplies everything you need to prepare quality, delicious, home-cooked meals that require no planning, no shopping, and no hassle. Every ingredient needed for their thousands of exclusive recipes are carefully planned, responsibly sourced, And deliver to your door when it's most convenient for you. Only HelloFresh gives you the tools to achieve something delicious every single day. Head to HelloFresh.com today. Use our promo code TOC at checkout. And make sure to get involved with the world's number one meal kit in HelloFresh. Who won the week for me is Sam Williams. Ole Miss's defensive line hasn't done a lot through two games. Quentin Bivens has been great. Absolutely great. But as far as pressuring the quarterback... On a down-to-down basis, we haven't seen that. Sam Williams did that against Austin P. His second force fumble is what caused Chance Campbell to get the recovery. Sam Williams, they need him to be a next-level talent this year for that defensive line to help the back end, which they're really excited about. They love their secondary. They love their depth. They love the talent back there. They really feel like they infused it with a number of different talented players in that recruiting class. But the defensive line, it kind of works in conjunction together, doesn't it? Sam Williams is providing the thing that this team needs the most. If you want to point at particular weaknesses, one— lack of offensive line depth, and two, the defensive line getting pressure.
2: Don't allow a point in the first half. This ball comes loose, and it's recovered by Ole Miss. Chance Campbell with the fumble recovery. It was knocked out from behind. Just a lot of pressure from Draylon Ellis. Chance Campbell was all over the field Monday, first Louisville. This time it's knocked out by the defensive lineman, but Campbell's the fortunate one to fall on it. How about the night Sam Williams is having? He had the strip side fumble recovery touchdown. He knocks that one out again, and it's Campbell on the recovery.
1: He gives you a different ceiling than most everybody else.
3: Yep, I agree, man. He's, um, he's certainly got to be a player that, 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 you know, you're right, that provides that that that, that number one pass rusher, so to speak. Um, and can get some depth though. And I, I will say this: this year, compared to, to the last um, to last year, um, quarterbacks aren't sitting back there um, flipping stakes like they have been. I mean, we we are getting some push up the middle. Um, we are sending some stuff at the quarterbacks. You know, I I think all in all, they have a lot less time to throw. Through two games, they have a lot less time to throw than they have um, in previous years. And and this is with us, you know, for the most part, rushing three, maybe a fourth guy. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I I think we're, we're getting, we're getting there on the D line. I I still think that there's, there's going to be some struggles down the road with, um, when we face a little better team, but I I don't think it's going to mean anything like it's like it's been in the past.
1: I think we're going to do this every week. Is offensive MVP just Matt Corral
5: again?
3: Yeah. I mean, Matt Corral, dude is, he threw for five touchdowns. Um, really, really could have thrown for a six with Drummond, um, could have Mingo's was an actual touchdown. Um, yeah, he's, he's good. I mean, Matt, Matt. Uh, it goes without saying, Matt Corral, I mean, it's amazing after one week on the national stage, what, how, how the, how everybody's kind of not everybody's not within the old Miss nation, but all the your reporters are counting him out, leaving off a list. He's he's on every list, and, and potentially the number one quarterback. He's a very good player. He's got to take care of himself again. I think he. <laughs> He's just a competitor. It is what it is. But you are know, out there versus Austin P up by 40 points, running around. You know, <laughs> sticking your foot in the ground, getting get fighting for five extra yards. I love his personality, but I guess I'm just um just gun shy. We're seeing some bad injuries other years with that. But um, that's I mean that's the only knock on on him is, is, is taking care of himself. But that's just that just is what it is. I mean I can't really can't pick anything out of his game that he struggled with to date. So he's he's been a he's been exactly what you expect. He was certainly MVP tonight, um, and I think. I think you're going to see this kind of performance most weeks from him.
2: That's the impact that Lane Kiffin has. He is such a unique personality. He's engaging. His guys really, everybody talks about Corral, but he's very engaged with all his players. Bingo looked like he was almost to a knee. He was able to keep that knee off the ground. It's a 40-yard touchdown pass. That one looked easy, and Matt Corral had all the time in the world.
1: Luke Altmyer didn't come in until 2.54 in the third quarter. What do you make of Matt Crowell playing that late into the game?
3: Um, I think it was just a, you know, it's, it's early in the season, man, and, and, you know, there's these guys need the reps. I mean, they really do because um, SEC play is, you know, 14, 15 days away, somewhere in there. Um, you know, not, not not too far away, you're going to be lined up versus Alabama. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. you got to get some reps, and um, it, it is what it is right now. Defensive MVP,
1: Sam Williams.
3: Yeah, that's no doubt. Sam Williams, he um, was you know made some plays tonight. Looked looked really good, um, really good bending the edge. He almost made a few other sacks. You know whenever whenever you make a force, whenever you make a strip sack and score the touchdown, it's hard to beat that on a night. Jalen Jones
1: has a sneaky candidacy for defensive player of the game. Five tackles, five solos, one tackle for loss, two pass breakups. Another one of those plays too, where he attacked the screen. And if he doesn't make the play, it's a big gainer like against Louisville when they had a convoy that could have led to a touchdown. It wasn't like that, but he made a play on a screen where he just broke through the defender and made a tackle. And those are the plays you were used to seeing from Jalen Jones before he suffered his many injuries, including the ACL tear. That's the Jalen Jones you're used to seeing or you were used to seeing before the injury. I mean, this is a player that I think we forget was a four-star prospect came in, set the world on fire, was a next-level talent. He's in year six, and he's out there looking more like himself than he has in quite some time, actually.
2: Walden doesn't look like a guy, as we watch him on the sideline, is a guy that listens to music quietly. Good open field tackle there by Jalen Jones. And that's going to bring up a fourth down and a decision here for Scotty Walden. His team trailing 21-0. They got fourth and a long five deep in their own territory.
3: Yeah, man. I I did notice that. He he is he's really good at closing the ball, he's a good tackler. Um, you know, he 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 definitely can put his foot in the ground and and, and get there get there a lot quicker than most. You're right, man. I mean he made a big play last week, and made one this week. A lot of those screens, man, they were close to popping for Austin P. I'm not gonna lie, we were down to the last guy or two. Um, they had a really good scheme, really, you know, exposing whatever side was kind of salting off and, and was kinda of outnumbered. They were forcing that safety to really come down and, and make the tackle and you know, they, they almost popped a few. They really did. There was one where if he wouldn't have ran into the lineman, it would have been – it may have been out the gate. So, um, yeah, cer- cer- certainly a good scheme by them. But, yeah, J- Jalen Jones is a, um, is a good, good piece of his defense. Glad we got him.
1: Let's go around the circle.
3: Around the circle.
1: That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. Around the circle, we break down what's happening in the SEC. Games on Saturday – Vanderbilt struggling with Colorado State as we record this. Auburn 62 to nothing over Alabama State. South Carolina 20 to 17 over East Carolina. Pittsburgh 41 to 34 over Tennessee. Florida 42 to 20 over South Florida. UAB got whipped by Georgia 56 to 7. Texas A&M 10 to 7 over Colorado. That's an interesting one. Alabama 48 to 14 over Mercer. Arkansas whips number 15 Texas 40 to 21. Mississippi State 24 to 10 over NC State. Kentucky 35 to 28 over Missouri and LSU 34 to seven over McNeese. As it pertains to Ole Miss, what's your biggest takeaway from the most recent SEC Saturday?
3: Um, I'm listen. I called Texas A&M people number five in the nation. No, (laughs) no way. They do not have a quarterback to be up there. Um, Texas A&M is. I I don't see it. I don't know how they. I don't know who who is looking at what. But Texas A&M not great. And I was really shocked by Arkansas man. I mean they. Um, I thought Texas would, would have handled them decently after after last week. And Arkansas, Arkansas may make some noise in the West. Man, they got they got similar you know offensive bones that that we have. They that kind of that same same thought, a lot of the same plays. Inter- Arkansas will be a team to watch this year. And um, yeah, Tennessee losing, yeah, that was know, um, yeah, that was a little, a little, I, I don't know if that was Pittsburgh's that good or Tennessee used to steal steal Tennessee so. Um, yeah, for the most part, looking around, man, Ole Miss is right in there. I mean, they're they're um, they're, they're going to have a chance. You got Alabama, then 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 it's the rest of us. Ole Miss's remaining schedule: Tulane
1: next week at number one Alabama, Arkansas at Tennessee, LSU at Auburn, Liberty, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. Tulane was impressive. They hung 60 in their first win tonight. Willie Fritzie's great. Arkansas blasted Texas. Don't know about Tennessee yet. They don't look particularly great. It feels like Ole Miss is the better team there. LSU was dominated at the line of scrimmage against UCLA and didn't really do anything to appease concerns about them against McNeese State. Outside of Alabama, Georgia is number two, but number three is up for grabs. And Ole Miss, even on an inefficient day, if we can call it that, has a case for second in the West, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I would agree. And, I, and I, honestly, looking at Georgia, I don't... Um, I mean, offensively, it's like watching um, watching some kind of ancient... I mean, it's not... Not overly impressive. I, I really think that, um, yeah, I certainly thought if we played them, I wouldn't. I think it'd be a really good game. I don't think that it would be a mismatch or they'd be highly favored over us. I just, I think you got Alabama. You got to give them their respect. They're 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 legit, and the rest of us are just kind of fighting for that. You know that that two to two to five is just kind of kind of wash. You don't know who's there yet. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ole Miss is has definitely. Definitely as good as any. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see. Um, we get to step up versus Alabama first. We'll kind of know from there what, what we got. I expect that to be a pretty competitive game.
1: I do too. Ole Miss and Tulane is going to be an interesting one. Ole Miss is going to beat Tulane, but it's going to be challenging, especially if the defense plays like it does against Austin P. and Tulane puts up some points. Ole Miss is going to win the game, but it could be uncomfortable. Assuming that Ole Miss gets through Tulane, it's 3-0 and going into number one Alabama. If they come out of that Alabama game with a win or a loss, looking at the remaining schedule, do you believe that Ole Miss has the ability, seeing what we've seen through two weeks in the SEC, to run the table?
3: I think that I, I think w- we'll certainly, yeah, I think I think we'll certainly be a favorite in most games um, this year, right? Rather than other than Alabama, I don't think there's going to be another game where, where we're not the favorite. Maybe all I don't know. We'll just have to see kind of how it plays out. But I, I think that I I actually feel a little bit more optimistic after watching some of these teams um about where our record's gonna stand i think i think the floor i'm moving my floor up to like eight or nine wins and that's if that's if we really screw up a couple games um just based off who we have on schedule and what everybody looks like so far um i, I certainly think that um yeah, you look at alabama arkansas may present a challenge because they always do and auburn and i'm not impressed with texas a&m i'm calling it here now they're they're, they're not the number five team in the nation um Colorado's not even that good of a team. They're just I don't just I just don't think they're going to be there whenever we play them. I don't, I don't think they'll be that highly ranked. Um, yeah, I mean I think I think we're I think we have well, we should be favored in most most games besides from Alabama game.
1: Six SEC teams are ranked in the top 25. Number 1 Alabama, number 2 Georgia, number 5 Texas A&M, number 13 Florida, number 25 Auburn, number 20 Ole Miss. I like your point about Texas A&M. Defensively, they're really good, second only to Alabama. But that offense has a lot of questions. And Jimbo's supposed quarterback whisperer reputation isn't really holding up right now.
3: No, that quarterback is, is not. I mean, he, they're, <laughs> he's not producing. He, he's, not, he's, not the, he's not the quarterback for the number five team in the nation. I can tell you that right now.
1: No, he's not. The SEC is 6-2 and two versus A-5 competition to start the 2021 season, including a 3-0 and o mark against top 25 non foes. Ole Miss gets Tulane at home next week. How do you beat Tulane?
3: Well, I just think we got to come out there. You know, we're gonna get a full week, uh, full week to prepare. Let's get some good sleep. We are at home this week. Let's come out with a good mindset. And let's let's start ramping up. Let's kind of let's let's add a little bit to the offense. Let's come out here. It's, I think it's gonna be similar to that Louisville game. If, if I had to guess it, it'll be somewhere around there. They're gonna they'll they'll have a little success on us at times, but I think we're gonna. I think our um, our offense is gonna be too much for them. But yeah, I just think we come out there and let's. Let, let, let's pick the energy up this week, man. Let's go back to like, this week was really tough. You know, playing a team like that, but let's come out there with a good energy. Let's be official. On offense Let's cut down the penalties. Let, let, let's prepare like this is Alabama and give us like a mock game. And then let's go and you know, let's go and take care of this team. And then, then, then we'll get the real test the week after that.
1: Let's open the mailbag. Oh, 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 mail the my mail's, my
2: my mail's here. You've got mail. Mail for
3: you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying,
2: Keep it up, movies are great.
1: The Modern Woman Mailbag brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woman. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire? We'll give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. He specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need, from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today. Go into the Old Miss Spirit message board, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports, the website that I write for, to open the mailbag, the first question comes from Landshark54. Number one, what would you, slash Brad, we'll just leave this to you, Brad, like to see more of regarding this team? D line depth, offensive line depth,
3: et cetera? I think that, um, I, I think D line right now, you know, and we are certainly much improved there, but, um, you know, I, I'd like to say, I, I got to see us versus, versus a sizable opponent. I want to see us how we're going to look versus SEC. I kind of watched closely tonight, um, you know, it, Quentin Bivens looks the part, um, Sam Williams, Tisdale looks the part, but, man, I still think that, um, that there's a little bit to be desired there. I think that that's, um, yeah, there's going to be a time where maybe we get, get versus a team that, um, you know, runs the ball well, the Alabama's. I just want to see how they're going to hold up versus that um, that kind of scheme and that kind of talent. Um, I think that's really going to be when we actually get to get to say whether or not they're, they're majorly improved or not. Um, just looking at the D-line in general, I think that's the one spot that I'm yeah, I feel good, but I don't feel like I don't feel amazing about.
1: Second one from Land Shark 54. What do we do to clean up the penalties?
3: Well, I mean, it, it like like I said earlier in the in the pod. Um, you just gotta you gotta have better technique, man. I mean, that's just um that, that's just what causes the penalties. And um, you know, when it when it comes down to um down to that, it's just you gotta play play with better hands, you know, better better hands uh make smarter decisions you got to play play with a clearer mind you can't be out there being reckless and um yeah i mean it's just, you you got to claim the technique you got you got to emphasize it you got to you got to think about it you got to um you got to make it a point that hey i'm going to play the game the right way and um yeah you, know, you, you just can't can't do stupid stuff
1: P. Mag, what do you think of our offensive line play through the Louisville game and now the Austin P game
3: I um, I think they've been okay i mean if you, if you look at if you look at it from a production standpoint um we we, we produced there um, You know, and another thing that you you can't get too caught up on is you know we run so many plays, man. You know it's there, there's going to be some negative plays because how fast we're going. Because cause listen, whenever you hustle to the line like that, a lot of times the defense isn't lined up. So when you're going that fast, you're kind of trading off. Like hey, man, I may there may be a backer that, that feels or maybe a safety that feels down that that we're not really accounting for because hell, we snapped the ball where everybody was standing around. So that that sometimes is what, when you see some busted plays, but. But for the most part, man, they Matt Crowell's not getting sacked. He's not really much yeah, under much pressure. You know, Again, they've got him on a couple blitzes, um, but that was really the, the the two times I've seen him get hit was a running back and the damn tight end not sliding down on on a slide protection. When um, let she let, let the um she let the back get that guy. Um, that's really a long time he's been hit. I haven't really seen many one on one losses for the O line to date. So so far they're fine. I mean we'll see when we when we get him in a game versus a big time opponent. Um, how they hold up, but you know, nothing glaring. I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly fine. They're not going to be a weak link on this team.
1: Chess Bay, did Jamon Gordon play? He did, had two tackles. DM Harris 7, the first 20 plays that are scripted, did they run those plays regardless of down and distance, or did they change them up depending on the situation?
3: They they 100% change them up on the situation. So, um, you know, when you, when you script your first 20, you you stay. You know, the first couple are probably going to stay the same, but but there's also their, your first third down play, your favorite third third down play, or or whatever your favorite third short. So, if you go, if you have your first 15, and we run two plays, the first two plays, and it's third and one. Or you're going right to your third and one section on your on your play card. Okay, your, your your third play, maybe the actual third play on the first fifteen. Um, you know, just depending on what situations you get in. If you run your first two plays and you get stuffed, well then it's third and fifteen, you're not gonna run your your your, your you know, your run play on your third player or your, your um you know, whatever you had for your third play, you're going to your third and long package and run your what you think's your best play on third and long. So yeah, you kind of stay on the script if everything's perfect, but uh, for the most part you you have situations that you have to go pull from as well.
1: Bosco 23, do the heads of officials the past two weeks actually review their tape, they do, and say that's acceptable, no issues? Supposedly, they review them and they mark them up, grade them, and try to get better. But you'll never hear about it because referees across all sports are the most protected group, it seems like, of any workforce. They never have to answer to anything, be held to account for anything. PMAG, what do you think of JRP being back as a return man in kickoffs?
3: Um, I mean, it's it's certainly something to to look at. I mean, I think I think if you look at that, Ely is the guy you want return the kick. Um, he just he just that's I think he has a future doing that. I think he will do that whenever he's at the next level. That'll be one of his main things. Um, but I mean, heck, I mean, it, it's cool to, cool to see it. Cool to see him getting getting a shot at it. Um, I just think to the da- to date, man, um, Jr's <laughs> his role has been very limited compared to what what I was thinking, um, what most people were thinking going in. Um, certainly not not the starting slot. Certainly, you know, you're just not 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 getting in there like he was. But man, that but but if you look at it though, that goes to show you what kind of talent we have on this team. I mean, that goes to what I was saying earlier. Is I'm looking over on the sidelines. I'm sitting there thinking, man, pre- years when I was playing here, I would have taken five of those guys that were standing over with their helmets on the side. Um, you know, all all of them would have been playing. We would been starters. So. Um, I think our talent level on offense is, um, I think, I don't want to say the word loaded, but man, there's some dang good guys holding their helmet.
1: JW Rebel
3: 41, after
1: seeing the next Fast and Furious commercial, how many Fast and Furious movies can they make? 20, 30? They don't have to stop. Just keep making them because people keep showing up for them. (laughs) Next question, how do the Fast and Furious movies still make such quality movies after so many years? I would argue the last one wasn't particularly quality. And football related,
3: other than penalties, what can we clean up? You know, just... I think that if you look at tackling on defense, I, I don't want to keep, keep harping on the defense. I mean, but, um, you know, I feel like we could be a little cleaner in tackling. And today may have been a little bit of that heavy leg, that lull. You know, it's what your typical week. The game kind of got on you fast, but still not, still still not a lot of missed tackles, in my opinion. Um, I, I think we could be a little better in that department.
1: Oh, Miss Rebel Chuck, why the hell do you leave the key to your season, Matt Corral, in the game up by 34? maybe because it wasn't a particularly clean game on either side of the ball for Ole Miss.
3: Well, it, here's another thought I had, and I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that question was asked. Who is actually the number two quarterback? This is the oddest <laughs> situation ever. I don't really know. I don't really know. If we got in a real game and you know, we, well, Matt Crow went down, who's going in as the number two quarterback? I don't know that there's like a guy that you're super comfortable with.
1: If Pegram's up to speed, it's probably him. But so far, the first guy in has been Luke Altmyer.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know that that I would. Um, yeah, that, that's just what's what's been odd. I don't know if it's one of those things where there isn't like a true number two or what. But um, I don't think there's just a good, you know, a good answer on where we at there at number two. But I, I think it's, I think early in the season that's not odd to see. Um, you know, you're just trying to get reps to for the first team. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you though, man. I don't. I don't really like to see. I, I'm more got the NFL mindset. I don't care. You know, as long as we're up, you know, get them out of there late in the game like that. But um, at the end of the day, man, they're just they're just trying to get these guys reps and get them better.
1: Altmyer threw three passes, no completions, turned it over on downs, wasn't particularly accurate pass, one carry for 14 yards. I don't think it would be Altmyer. I'll just put it that way. Dugout Reb, how's Plumley doing at the slot?
3: Uh, I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to tell. He's not really getting a lot of run at it. The times he's in there, it's um, you know, he's 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 not he's you know, so it's not not been a whole lot whole lot going on there for him. Um, I, I still think I still think he'd be better used, you know, just as kind of a weapon guy, change of guy, just getting the ball in his hands some kind of way. Um, after watching Drummond, there's I mean, listen, dude, he's it ain't even close when it comes to, to, to playing the slot um there. So it's just gonna be hard for him to get a ton of efficient run at wide receiver, kinda of what I was thinking early before anyways. But I think that I think there is a role there for him to get the ball in his hands on, on just like a um, you know, sweeps, just different kind of stuff to to get him his touches there
1: triathlon what were the pluses of playing this game
3: Um, the pluses of playing this game were um you know just getting out there getting getting a lot of got a lot of guys reps that that wouldn't typically get get reps but the um yeah i mean I, I, it, it's you can never discount going out there putting on the actual uniform and and getting a good live look at it and, and get some confidence get some success um yeah but other than that man i mean it's it's really a week to to get better technique wise and, and run your base stuff and run it really really well and um and work on the work on the um the things that you know you're going to have to get better at before you step in the ring with the with the big dogs
1: rj Reb, how do you stop the drop passes and mental mistakes
3: um the, the drop passes there have been a couple Drummond had one over the middle um you know i, I just think it just, it's just focus i mean you got to whatever the games on the line, man, or you know, down the road, you're hoping that the focus is there, a little more. You know, I, I, I'm not as concerned because it's early in the season. Um, but you know, if, if that that keeps being the, an issue going, going forward, it'll be um, it could, could be a problem. But yeah, I, th- those are all things. Listen, those are those are things that can, can be cleaned up, and it's a lot better to clean them up after a win than after losses. So, um, that those are things that I, that I think will be cleaned up. Th- that, those are all normal par for the course. You know it always happens early on, so um you, you talk to me in five weeks and we're still you know, gazillion penalties and dropping passes I'll, I'll be really really concerned
1: brock thirty three so how bad are we beating Alabama by, but for real though, what's our path to victory? They didn't look as overpowering today
3: um I mean it's just' it's gonna be I, I think the reason why I'm comfortable playing Alabama is just as I've talked to some of these coaches about this is how well that Lane knows that program and how well lane knows um knows some um, Saban and I'm not saying I'm not saying that we we're going to be Alabama, but I'm saying that these guys feel like we can, and and they they really mean that, based off of um, of how well they know. And I think Saban in the back of his mind knows um, that that Lane Kiffin got his number. I mean, you look at last year, look at every game they played. Compared to the Ole Miss game. Ole Miss freaking shredded them like I've never seen Alabama get shredded in their life. We have two 100 yard rushers. Those are the only 200 yard rushers of the season versus them. Okay, so that goes to show you they know something. <laughs> they know something when it comes to saving defense. Um, can we pull it off? I think we'll be we'll be right there. And I think our offense definitely gives gives them a lot to think about. and it's not going to be a it's not going to be a walk for them.
1: Matt Smith, who impressed most when the second team came in, two particular players stick out to me. One, Ashanti Seastrunk, ended up leading the team in tackles with six, one solo. And then Kentrell Bullock had nine carries for 52 yards, a 5.8 yards per carry average. So those are two. And then of course John Rice Plumley, John Rice Plumley had four carries for 64 yards, a long of 34. Those are names that stick out to me.
3: Yeah, I think I think it was cool to see Isaiah Aton. Um, he he got in the back throw a couple times, and he made a TFL. Um, yeah, like I said, I watched the line really closely. Um, yeah, he looked. Um, I thought he made some stuff, and that's good to see guys like that having some success at a spot where we need gas, you know? So, um, that, that to me was, was, was the main guy on, on kind of in the second, second group that, um, that stuck out. And then, you know, you got JRP got in there and did, did a few cool things. Um, I think that'd be good for his confidence. And then, um, yeah, th- th- those those are really the two that, that I liked the most.
1: Dugout Reb, Ben, where's Mark Britt and MJ Daniels? Mark Britt is a wide receiver. He's buried in probably the deepest group on the team. And MJ Daniels, he's a true freshman in the second deepest group on the team, would probably be the secondary. So they're just buried on the depth chart right now. That's it. Mark Britt, I have more questions about than MJ Daniels. MJ Daniels is going to be a great player in time at Ole Miss. Mile High Reb, how do we improve front four pass rush and how to better defend the run game between the tackles?
3: Um, well, I, we don't have a front, front for a pass rush because we only rush three guys, but um, yeah, almost is part, running the three two six, yeah. And, and, well, well, and a lot of times when they line up, they're they're tightening down their their end on one side and using an overhang a chance, Campbell or Otis Reese to rush the passer, man. That's tough. I mean, that's that's a, um, that's tough for a pass rusher to be kind of that tight five or that ahead of four out trying to rush. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that um, it's a scheme we run, I think it's a um it's just going to be up to a guy like Sam Williams to, to win those one-on-ones and, and really try to fight off a chip from a back or, or the guard coming to help him. But, you know, all, all in all, man, I mean, we're like, I said earlier, they're, they're not sitting back there cooking steaks. Like they were last year. We are getting them off their spot. And it's kind of two weeks in a row where we had a quarterback that can move around too. So we really haven't seen them versus a stable quarterback that sits in the pocket which at some point we will. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, so far it's not, it's improved, man, compared to where, where we've where we've been. And, um, you know, it'll be um, – I, I certainly don't think we're world, world beaters in that sense, but I, I definitely think we can be serviceable there.
1: Chess Bay, are we worried about pass D considering we gave up so many yards through the air?
3: No, not not not, not too bad. I mean, we gave up some penalties there. We did give up a, a few. But I think that for the most part, um, having Springer out, he was a big piece of that that defense, what kind of hurt us a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're gonna be fine through there. Um, but I, I'm just going back to comparing it to last year where, where, where we saw when I mean, you couldn't even, I maybe mean, even really see, it was, a, it was the oddest defense ever this year. I mean, we, we got, we got what it takes to to slow guys down through the air. We're going to be fine. It's a, um, it's, it's just, it's just a matter of, of coming out in a a motivated opponent. I look at more of that Louisville game, um, to judge them more so than today. Today's just a. Man, they were heavy legged. Um, yeah, probably didn't do a whole lot looks wise. Um, probably didn't show show a ton of different um, different rolled coverages or blitzes or anything like that. Just kind of some base football. And um, you know, the, 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 a couple times, I mean, the guys made crazy two. The only really deep balls they gave up were these two miraculous freaking catches. Um, that that were well covered. So, you know, for the most part, I think we're going to be good there. A lot of the yardage came on two big plays.
1: W. Zimmer 25 concern over the corner's ability to stick with wide receivers in one-on-one coverage. Several long balls ended in a reception or questionable pass interference calls
3: yeah no, know i think i think they were definitely sticking with them you know there there were some there were some some hand play down the field that's probably a little more than you'd like to see and i'm telling you look if you look at it man they really caught two long passes and they were both just unreal catches the one what the thought was almost interception they got into catching and then the one um he made a crazy catch over over um 24 i think it's um that's leonard dean leonard whatever so i mean he, Listen, they, they had two long catches, and I, I think our defense was, wasn't like they were burnt or anything like that. Like in the past where dudes are running wide open, you did not see that tonight.
1: W Zimmer 25 where was Jake Springer tonight? I don't know. He wasn't dressed. He was in his jersey and yeah, street yeah, clothes. He was in I don't know. Because we're not going to find out if it was an injury or not. Lane Kiffin doesn't talk about injuries. And last one from Lauderdale Co-Rub. What the heck is the deal with almost football and referees? Did we tick off somebody? That's a great question. Ever since Stoll Jackson, <laughs> probably that's just what it is. Almost ticked off some referee, and it's just a grudge that's been held for so so long.
3: Did did you see um? Did you see the, the there was one referee that kind of pushed back at Kiffin, uh, basically calling him out. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, that that's yeah. like I'm like man, those referees get to talking a little bit. and You pop off at mean Kiffin may need to send him a um, send him a card or something, or send a send a little um, little Christmas gift or something to him to to chill him out.
1: The Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans, the holy grail of blue jeans, the pair that fits you so perfectly. It's like they were made just for you because, well, they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one size fits one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. And both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans. So trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. Blue Delta Jeans are comfortable in the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. Visit BlueDeltaJeans.com and use our promo code TOC, TOC, for Talk of Champions for $50 off your first purchase. That's TOC, Talk of Champions, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ole Miss is 2-0 after its second consecutive blowout win, 54-17 over Austin P. am Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. If you haven't already, subscribe, review, talk of champions at iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. We'll have full coverage of Ole Miss's dominating win over Austin P and so much more leading up to Tulane next week. And Brad and I will be back. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. See you then, buddy.
3: See you, Ben. Hotty toddy.
6: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for
2: $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon.